You know what though, at work, loads and loads and loads of people are applying to all of my NHS courses because everyone wants the clap as a not like the disease, but like the <laughs> NHS clap. So it's really nice that we're practicing our clapping ready for when my... That one got me, Isha. <laughs> it's true. All of these 17 year olds, they all now want to be paramedics and dietitians and... Awesome. Yeah, it's good. Hello and welcome to Unmuted Unmastered. I'm Will and this is better than your favourite show, so just accept it and move on, it's fine. Today I'm joined by Tom. Hello. James. Good evening. Jess. Hello. And special guest Isha. Hello. On the show this week we're going to be talking about our favourite songs for springtime. We have a new segment that Jess is hosting and Tom is going to be reviewing the new Ross Gay EP. But first, we have fan mail. Our first piece of fan mail. Come into the uh, the P.O. box. Which is your house, right, Jess? Which is my house. <laughs> which no one else is finding out about. If you want to send in fan mail, tweet at us, at Unmuted Weekly. Now we promoted it, it's fine. Is that a legitimate... Yeah, that's our actual Twitter handle. We've made jokes about having different channels for a few weeks, but now this is a genuine one. So, here goes. Dear Unmuted Unmastered, I am a long-term fan of you guys, having been listening for at least five weeks now. <laughs> I've enjoyed hearing all about your opinions, from Deadlock Chuck's hot takes to Tom's diss of one of Rock's most iconic songs, or even his hots for Stacey's mum. Wait, can we pause there? Go on. Wh- which, which classic rock song did Tom diss? It was um, Hotel California. Well, which one? I've dissed a couple now, because I've, I've done Arctic Monkeys and I've done uh, Hotel California, so it could have been either, really. Exactly, that's what I was thinking. To be fair, <laughs> I wouldn't call Arctic Monkeys classic anyway, so yes, it will be Hotel California, because yeah. that's just better. So, yeah. You have to be more specific in your fan mail when you send it in, if you want it read out on the air. Be specific, the in-jokes will carry on, my ranting will carry on. Episode 4, minute 56. <laughs> Some of you guys' music tastes may be a bit too exclusive for me, but I'm enjoying broadening my, my horizons of some of your more accessible, quote-unquote, mentions. I think that's a dig at me. <laughs> you all clearly know each other from something else, so it's great to hear four friends just chatting about their passion. Isha, sorry. <laughs> Since you are a music podcast, I want Will to do a section all about the intro music. Also, I think that it would be the best topic yet if the hosts wrote theme tunes for each other, then had to guess whose is whose. Sort of like a secret Santa. Jess can play the bar of soap and box cutter. So I got a suggestion. Listener suggestion. I think we'll... That sounds like a great suggestion. I wouldn't mind doing that. No, you know what? We'll never do it. And you know why? Because I don't like being told what to do. You, listener, can shove it because we'll we'll never do it now. I refuse. Although, actually, we probably will in a few weeks' time, but whatever. <laughs> can I just ask, Jess, is the uh, fan mail anonymous or is it signed off by someone? Hold your horses. I want to know. Got another paragraph. Well, I have to know Jess's address. Unmuted Unmastered is a great addition to wherever you get your pro- podcasts from. You're doing a great job, so keep going with it. I'll be listening for at least another five weeks. <laughs> Yours sincerely, listener mail. P.S. I do have some contacts in Pumpkins as a whole. Let me know if you want to get in touch. Who was it, who was it from? Was it... Are we supposed to guess who this is? Or So which one of your parents could it be then? <laughs> it's not mine. They don't know what a podcast is. So yeah, that's me out. <laughs> oh, Both my parents have independently come up to me and said... Hey, I listened to your first episode, and it's the Jay Giles band, not the Jay Giles band, so I've been fact-checked, even though that was in episode one. There's an apology podcast coming from you, Jess. <laughs> I know that obviously we've uh, finished our introductions, but um, prior to obviously being invited to the podcast, um, being an avid fan of the podcast myself, having listened to the majority of the episodes, I actually um, went out and I found out that my wrestler name, since, you know, for the purposes of the podcast, I thought I should do my homework. I found out that my wrestler name, according to a random um, wrestler name generator, which seems bizarre that someone has dedicated, you know, 
their free time into developing a website exclusively for this. I found out my, my wrestler name is um, Olga Krembule Smirnoff. <laughs> so that's lovely. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to obviously connect with my inner wrestler. Didn't know that I needed a wrestler name, but obviously after listening to Unmuted and Mastered, I thought, you know what? I need to go out, get myself a wrestler name. And I have. Isha, you are now a more enlightened person for that. What was it again? We need that on record. I want to hear that a second time. So it's Olga Crembule Smirnoff. Olga Crembule I'm unsure why the generator thought I was Eastern European. I am from the East, but yeah, further (laughs) East than East Europe. Google thinks that based on my search histories, I am actually Eastern European and maybe an alcoholic because Smirnoff, you know. (laughs) Well, no, it means you're a Smirnoff family. It means you're like a, a rejected heir to, 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 to the Smirnoff brand. <laughs> you too can host weird, too high-budget parties with bad DJs. <laughs> I would love nothing more as soon as we come out of lockdown. Any excuse to touch people at this stage. <laughs> and there's our <laughs> podcast title. <laughs> It's not going to be me. Can we have it on every week, please? <laughs> Do you not agree, though? Does anyone disagree? Oh, I mean, con- consensually, I'm completely for it. But uh, consent's one thing. Yes, agreed. I feel like we should um, introduce you maybe a bit more, Isha, because obviously we've had Ben on in the past, and, and Ben is more or less one of us. You're a bit of an outsider. But for the people at home... You and I used to host a radio show together for years. Did you stay on it for that long? <laughs> um, I think I um, was initially a co-host and I gradually demoted myself intentionally to a guest host. Then I managed to integrate myself out of the show completely. But fortunately, we did have, you know, other housemates that you could rope into becoming co-hosts. Um, and obviously they were much more suited to the role since they listened to the music prior <laughs> to the show. And it's, you know, helpful to listen to the music that you're discussing on the show before discussing that music. <laughs> yeah, but like Will said, I'm an ex-housemate, not an ex-girlfriend, luckily. So it's lovely to be invited back on. I think you mean unluckily. <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 hang on, I don't know. I think I'm confused. Yeah, yeah I'm lost in the negatives. <laughs> I am also a big fan of Jess. You're just going to skip over the world thing, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'm trying to think of uh, why I've been invited to the podcast, really. I have a very limited repertoire of music knowledge. It's because the one thing we're missing from this podcast is Pitbull. <laughs> And we have no Pitbull fans, so we've got you now, so... Did we mention... I think we mentioned Pitbull once, and it wasn't exactly a glowing review, if I remember rightly. But maybe I'm making that up. Mr. Worldwide. So, for those who don't know as well, I um, I took over Isha's position as treasurer for Art Society. Oh, yes. I think that's how we met. I like that you say, for those who don't know, <laughs> as, if, as if, like, lots of people will know. I also forgot, to be fair, Jess. <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? Yes, please. Let's get into what we always do every week and talk about what we've been listening to. And I'm going to start this week with James. All right. I've been listening to a bit of funk, not anything in particular, really. Um, I listen to some funk playlists on my uh, my music player of my choice. And, um, well, I did listen to Horses on the Beach, um, which is, well, one of the band members I know. So... I think it's made up of drums, vocals, saxophone, bass, guitar. And like last week, I was talking about saxophone solos and how I love them so much. Their music has so much of it. And I was just like lost in it. I was lost in it. And it was, yeah, that was really enjoyable. That was like my highlight of the highlight of the week. If I was to suggest one of their songs, I guess it would be Jack or just like, their EP because they haven't got a full length album out yet. So if you listen to their EP, which I forget the name of, listen to that. You'll it's just like good thing to listen to. It's a, it's not anything serious, but it's like really funky and really fun. So that's what I've been listening to. I recognise that obviously this is a music podcast, so I had some 
context as to what horses on the beach were. But when you said I was listening to horses on the beach, you are from the West Country. So immediately I was thinking, oh, lucky guy. And then I thought, "Mm, (laughs) maybe not. Were you imagining that scene out of Casino Royale where um, the woman's riding along the beach with a horse and then Daniel Craig comes out of the water in that very skimpy swimsuit? No, I was thinking of James on a beach somewhere. Coming out of the water? (laughs) Ooh. I don't know. Oh, no, let's let's move on. Please, move on. (laughs) I've got an album. No, Horses on the Beach, as in the um, Cornish band, who are quite small, but it would be nice if they get more recognition. So that's why I'm mentioning it. Small enough that the Cornish person here doesn't actually know of them. So, uh, yeah, I'm curious. Jess, what have you been listening to this week? I've been listening this week to an album that came out quite recently on the 12th of March. Um, it's, how am I supposed to pronounce this? It's Colon 3, so like the, the smiley face, just making it awkward for me, by Axolotes Mexicanos. So they are from Spain. Um, I don't speak any Spanish really, so I found what limited information I could that was translated for me about them. Um, I found them just completely randomly. I think someone just posted about them in some music group and I'd never heard of them before in my life, but the album cover looked kind of fun, so I was looking for something to listen to, so I thought I'd check them out. They're kind of indie pop with a bit of uh, influence from punk and electronic synthy sides as well. Also, they seem to have definite influences from J-pop and just generally like Japanese culture, and that's what um, was sort of backed up by what I could find about them from their own bio. Even just like the album cover has like the sort of stereotypical uh, like sailor uniform, but with mech arms as well. Yeah, use use yeah. So I quite liked it. I was like, that that looks like something intriguing. Whether it'll be good or not, who knows? But I think it's something worth investigating. I did quite enjoy it. It's really high energy. Um, it's quite catchy a lot of the time. Just very like frantic and quite sort of cutesy and sugary sweet. It might not be everybody's cup of tea. It's yeah. You can sort of see the influence from from J-pop on that side of things. Kind of interesting combination for like someone from the UK to listen to a Spanish band uh, singing in Spanish as well. Yeah, that was about all I could really find about them. I think the other stuff is quite similar too, but it was a nice, uh, I wouldn't say chill actually, but it was a different listen and it was a lot of fun. So yeah, I I think I might listen to a few songs again, but it wasn't, there weren't like too many distinctive ones probably to pick out. Nice. Isha, what have you got for us? Um, so as you'll probably know by now, I'm a big fan of trashy pop. Not that I think Pitbull is trashy or pop. Um, but I am gonna try and restrain from discussing um as much pop as I possibly can in this conversation. I did have a think about what kind of guests I'd like to be, and I think the best way for me to contribute to the podcast is by speaking as little as possible, which obviously doesn't really lend itself to the audio format very well. (laughs) Um, But I have been listening to music, yeah. I have been listening this week to, and I have to actually read her name out, uh, B-Ba-Doobie, we just call her the robot girl in um, our house. I do believe she's um, of TikTok fame. She had a really, really popular song that was called deathbed or something really depressing like that which all of the teenage girls obviously loved but the song of hers that I've been really loving this week is called If You Want To and I think actually this is a kind of song that even Will would really really enjoy Um, he's nodding so I don't know if he's actually listened to this or if any of you may be familiar with this but um, If You Want To is really really a good song Um, I really like songs that have words with like five like syllables in them and it says sleep paralysis a lot and it just there's just something something about the sleep paralysis um said throughout the song that I think sounds great and um I did a little bit of research and she's only 20 but there's something about her music that makes me feel really nostalgic it's really strange because all of these up-and-coming artists um who obviously are nominated for all these things like breakthrough artists for NME or Um, all of these other Brit Awards and stuff, they're younger than us. So it's really strange to be nostalgic about something that obviously isn't technically from our generation and is, you know, it's fresh and new and it's strange, but I think there's something just really relatable about her music. makes me feel like an angsty teenager all over again, even though 
when I was a teenager, I was listening to bands with X's in the names or artists with X's in the name, like Pixie Lot. I think Pixie Lot had like multiple X's in her name. And I thought that was cool because I was a 13 year old girl who didn't know any better. Um, yeah, but I read where her um, influences were. And she said that she was inspired by the Juno soundtrack, which is so niche and so... Great soundtrack. Exactly. I had a listen. And I think even more than the music, I just love bands that have really creative names. And um, the Juno soundtrack features some really great artists with names such as The Moldy Peaches, Antsy Pants, Cat Power, M.O.T., like, you know, like the car M.O.T. And I just think that's really cool. And it's, it's just a nice soundtrack, really. So that's what I've been listening to. Uh, best lyric, probably. Here's the church, here's the steeple. We sure are cute for two ugly people. Beautiful rhyming sequence. I love that. <laughs> Do you not just love that? It sounds like a children's nursery rhyme. It certainly does, here's yeah. Here's the church, here's the steeple. We, are, we sure are cute for two ugly people. Very, very sweet confessions of teenage love. Yeah, I haven't listened to the new Bieber Doobie song yet, but I really liked her album last year, her debut. Um, but yeah, this this new one's from an EP that she's releasing soon that's being produced by the 1975. So I'm interested to see what influence they have on her sound because I think the 1975 are good at writing songs, but I, I don't think they're the most interesting people to have producing a project. And in terms of direction, I'd rather Beaver Doobie went more in the in the rock direction and maybe tried something different like Jason did after Everybody Works, which How was... can you say her name so confidently? Say it again. Beba Doobie. Wow. You are so impressive. Beba Doobie. Beba Doobie. Okay. Right, I've lost my trail of thought, so let's move on. Just just on the side, is it, I, I like the I like the fact that someone is actually entering the podcast who thinks about aesthetics, because yes, it's true. The letter X is the coolest thing in the world to anybody who's 13. It's actually a really legitimate point. <laughs> Um, I am going to go next and talk about what I've been listening to this week. I've listened to a lot of stuff, but the best of it, I think, is the new Black Midi double A side. So they've released two tracks and they've announced their album. The album is called Cavalcade. Uh, it's coming out in May. It's been rumoured for a while, so I kind of knew it was coming, but now we've got official confirmation that it is. So they've released two tracks, one of which is coming onto the album. John L is that track. And the B-side is called Despair, which isn't going on the album, but is also fantastic. So if you've just added the album to your library in Apple Music or whatever, make sure you also go and check out the single because it has an extra track. That B-side, Despair, ha has probably some of the softer sounds on the black midi front i know jess you've listened to these too it's quite nice to hear them doing something that's not completely abrasive but the opening track that is going on the album john l is <laughs> very much in the other way like super prog uh like these like screeching uh string sounds and yeah it sounds great and we're so lucky this year like like this six months is going to be such a good time for British rock music because we we had that Lice album earlier in the year. Next week we've got Dry Cleaning's debut album. We've got Squid's album coming up. We've got Black Midi coming up. We've already had Black Country New Road. Like it just goes on and on and on. There there are so many great new British rock bands out at the moment. It's a very exciting time. So yeah, that. That's my recommendation for this week. Check out the new Black Midi single. Yeah, I really liked it. Is, would you call them like post-rock? Yeah, I mean, but they're not like traditional post-rock, like Godspeed You. It's, it's very like, it feels very fresh and inventive, doesn't it? It feels like something, feels like they're going in some interesting new directions, which is really nice. Yeah, I really enjoyed the single as well. Like the the first song in particular, in general, I like things that are quite upbeat and funky and like colourful just as a whole so that one is like right up my street something that was really abrasive and um chaotic but like also also colourful if that makes any sense in the vibe of it because a lot of similar music it always it goes the way and it's like quite downbeat and melancholy or trying to make you feel like you're in a nightmare or something this is like a nightmare but like a fun nightmare <laughs> That actually describes it really well as someone who's listened to the song. 
<laughs> also, I, I feel like the, the album art they've got is really good too. Like, it, it keeps a lot of the chaotic nature of the Schlagenheim one. Would you be able to describe it? It's just like madness, but there are bright oranges, pinks, and blues. You ever seen one of those photos where someone where it says like, "I dare you to name any one item in this photo," and it's all been like messed up by AI to look yes like at first glance it looks like it's normal a normal room full of objects, but when you try and look at anything in particular, it's all been completely distorted. It looks like that a bit. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I'm looking at it what now. What part of the internet do you go to? I feel as if James said that with a lot of, um, I don't know, experience. He was like, yes. Yeah. He definitely has been searching. I know what Jess is talking about. I've seen those things before. A page that, like, if you quickly look at it, then it feels like it's just a normal picture or a painting. But then you look further and, like, it's, it's just colours. And Tom, if you need any more convincing to listen to these tracks, I saw people on Reddit comparing... Uh, one of the new tracks to Primus, who we talked about last yes, week. Yes, did. Okay, now I'm convinced. I don't need anything else. Nice. Let's go to you next then, Tom. What have you got? Um, on a complete tangent, going away from uh, rock and from Primus, I'm going to indulge briefly in my love for Neo Soul. I think I've briefly mentioned it from time to time uh, here anyway. There is one track which is still, like 12 months after I listened to it, a complete earworm for me it's on constant repeat it's like coffee i need to listen to it three times a day or i can't make it through the day uh and that's table for two by edbl that was a track he did in like 2019 with um teddy valentine and bran maz that took me back to his album which he released about the same time um edbl beats volume one um you could call it hip-hop, you could call it neo-soul, I just see it as a really, really solid, tuneful, just a really solid instrumental album. It's not like um, a lot of things that you might hear, it doesn't feel, there's always a danger with like instrumental music that it feels like stock music, like you could could just hear it in the back of like a YouTube video, or like a you know, a, a flat showcase for for a um, letting agent or whatever else. It can feel very stale very quickly, but this doesn't have any of that. I really, really love what he's doing with this. Um, I think his real name is Ed Black. He studied in Liverpool, so he's a UK-based artist, which surprised me. I didn't expect that for some reason. But um, yeah, terrific, terrific tracks. Nothing groundbreaking, but everything he does is really nicely put together, and you can tell there's a lot of care and attention put into it. Um, 2019 has this wonderful play between um, piano and guitar throughout the whole track. The piano's got this little riff, and the guitar is complementing it. It feels really, really full, and it feels really, really uh, nice. It feels somehow... It somehow feels full and airy at the same time. You know, there isn't that much there, but what is there is really impactful. I really thoroughly enjoyed going back and listening to that. Um, so that's my recommendation for this week. EDBL Beats Volume 1. Um, part 3 of the um, Arctic Monkeys saga, as a bonus, I mentioned last week that I had heard a cover of I Bet You Look Good on Dance Floor while listening to uh, Classic Funk on uh, Spotify. And I went, oh heck, is this is this some um, 70s classic uh, which, you know, the Arctic Monkeys found? No, it wasn't. Uh, it was a 2008 version of the Arctic Monkeys song. Uh, so Arctic Monkeys did write, I bet you look good on the dance floor. Two years later, Baby Shell um, did it on their eponymous debut album. They are a... They are a funk band from Brighton. It seems that they've only made one album, um, although they have released a single this year, very recently. It is a 70s funk track uh, and the 70s funk album, which was made in 2008. Multiple reviews for the album have said it would not sound out of place if it was released in the 70s. It's surprising it was not made back then. Um, Really, really authentic. Really, really fun. um, Really, really... Um, not even danceable, but it's really groovy. It's just got this wonderful um, life to it. Uh, there was one track which really took my attention. Uh, Life's Begun, which I think is about like track four. That was a really, really good track. But it's all spectacular. And it's got an Arctic Monkeys cover on it. And it improves on the Arctic Monkeys. Who would have thought that was possible? I have no idea. Um, but those are my two recommendations for this week. EDBL Beats and Baby Shell by Baby Shell. 
Thank you for that, Tom. Not the patronizing part about the Arctic monkeys, but everything else. I will, I will patronize them until I die. So you're in for the long run, Will. I'm going to get so many letters through my door now. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about our favorite songs for the springtime. So stay tuned. Right, the big topic of the show this week. We're talking about the springtime. Technically, last episode was our first episode released in spring. But now we've had a bit of time. I mean, it hasn't been particularly nice, I don't think. <laughs> Not here, at least, weather-wise. I mean, clocks are going back this weekend, so... That's true. Bit more daylight. Or a bit less daylight? Less. 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 Yeah, less makes sense. This isn't a good bit. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to be going through some songs that we think fit the springtime well, that we pull out maybe every springtime, that give us all of those lovely springtime feels. Jess, I'm calling on you first. What have you got for us? Well, I honestly found this one kind of hard, actually, because at first I was like, oh yeah, that sounds like a fairly broad topic to talk about. I'm sure I can find something for that. But then thinking about it and going through my playlists, I was, I did struggle, actually, I think. I don't know if this is just me, but I found it a lot easier to categorise music to any of the other seasons, basically. I found that spring was a lot harder to pin down. In general, in spring, I just kind of start listening to my summer music because I just want it to be summer. Yeah, it's like starting to be more positive, isn't it? And I guess more on like the light and breezy sunny side rather than on like the summer, um, you know, when it's really, really hot and everybody's just sort of lazing around in the sun kind of season. So anyway, I was thinking that the music... The kind of vibe I wanted to go for is quite light, like I said. Maybe some like more acoustic things. And I ended up um, deciding on Time Out by the Dave Brubeck Quartet, which is a really classic album. Um, a classic cool jazz album for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah, I love this album so much. It's just like one of the real staples that everybody needs to listen to, I think, at least once. Because it's got the, the, um, one of the main songs, or like most well-known songs, is Take Five, which I think... A lot of people would know if they didn't know what it's called because it's just a really iconic tune. I think a lot of cool jazz kind of fits the vibe too. I can just really imagine like sitting out in the garden with a cool drink, a cool beverage and just chilling. There's one particular song, um, Strange Meadowlark. That's the one that like really stood out to me as being the most spring-like. I guess it's got meadow in a title, which kind of fits. It's hard to pin down why. It just It's just nice and relaxed and positive and kind of like expectant and hopeful of the new good things coming soon has anyone else heard it i've listened to it it's been a long time but i have listened to it yeah it's a great album i recognize the um take that song well i don't know if it's called take that take Take five take five five. so close (laughs) i definitely recognize the uh but yeah um you definitely Right, in the sense that it is very iconic. It's one of those songs that you just know um, because of drama kids, um, because they obviously put it on during rehearsals, but obviously you don't know what it's called and you don't know who it's by. But it's interesting that you would have selected that as a springtime song, but that's your vibe. Yeah, I mean, feel free to disagree with me about it. I mean, it, like I said, it was hard to pin down and not every song on the album fits this vibe, but and normally I associate jazz with like being in little bar somewhere you know at night with velvet seats kind of thing which is not particularly spring-like yes i very strongly associate it with like a sense of place um so this goes against that but i still felt after a bit of consideration that it fitted the current date i guess definitely and the thing is if you're listening to it in the springtime then by you know consequence it is spring music it's your spring music so completely valid you know reasoning thanks for your validation (laughs) Always there for you, girl. Validation on the podcast. New feature, which is nice, actually. It's nice. I like this. 
people had better not start getting too chummy or I'll have to start <laughs> pitting you against each other. Tom, why don't you go next? Well, Will, uh, I also struggled, I will admit. Jess, I do feel your pain because um, it was a bit odd. I couldn't figure out um, exactly what I would call springtime music. I think, um, like you mentioned, Will, it's not so much springtime music as it is summer is coming music. It's very much... I. I, I, as a general rule of thumb, do not like winter. I hate how cold it is. I hate that it's generally wet. I hate that it is dark and that nothing happens and there is no scope for like going you know, anywhere of any interest at all, apart from maybe to bed. Tom has a lot of hate in his heart. Oh. He hates a lot of things, guys. He hates the Arctic monkeys. He hates the cold. I don't hate many things. It's just I really hate certain things. And I like to talk about how much I hate them. And I, and for whatever reason, when I hate things, I can articulate myself really well. Is that the reason he doesn't like Arctic monkeys? Because they're Arctic and he doesn't like the winter. That's it. Ooh, excellent connection, James. Getting back to the point, springtime music, I did... <laughs> I did spend a bit of time um, thinking about like summertime music, and I kind of well, the, the the thing for me was coming out of winter into summer. There is this moment of yes, oh my lord, it's over. I've made it through the winter. Good times are coming. What was the song that made me think good times were coming? And I suppose the key one for that um, that gave me that feeling uh, was uh, "Clarity" by John Mayer. I think I've mentioned John Mayer in passing before. I will probably do it five more times, so uh, this is your warning. Um, but his uh, second album, Heavier Things, might be one of my favourite albums of all time. Clarity opens up uh, that album. It's got this wonderful, delicate little um, uh, piano riff which starts it. It's got these little delicate guitar and vocal lines which play off one another. It's a really, really nice track, and some of the lyrics in it just feel so nice, and it's it feels like a song about lifting weight from your shoulders. I worry I weigh three times my body. I worry I throw my fear around, but this morning there's a calm I can't explain. And, you know, I just love the lyricism in it, and it really, really feels like a springtime song. I've listened to that, like, on a train back to university. I've listened to it when, like, you know, I've been just walking the beach you know i'm i know i'm being a bit wishy-washy about it but also hey who cares um yeah that's my recommendation clarity by john mayer that's the strongest i could come up with isha did you get to have a think about this so like i think a lot of you have already identified summer music is upbeat it's pop it's um not to obviously say that they're not serious musicians but daddy yankee Pitbull, his protege, they are summer stars. But obviously, in terms of springtime, like you guys have already all identified, uh, springtime is when things are opening back up. You're starting to leave the house. You're starting to shave your legs. Um, and I thought about what song I start to listen to when I'm feeling like I want to leave the house. And um, I think an artist who definitely captures my idea of springtime is Natasha Bedingfield. I'm not sure if you guys recognize her but yeah she used to do a lot of songs for um hair commercials um pocket full of sunshine unwritten is the one that i'm thinking of feel the rain on your skin um i just think that classic it has all of the classic elements just like jess said um of a springtime song in the sense that i really did think about it and i thought you know what makes a springtime song a springtime song and with winter songs obviously you're holed up in your room, you're listening to like dark, serious music where you can really listen to the music, listen to the lyrics, feel the lyrics because, you know, a lot of the time winter really, really sucks. So um, it's nice to just like be in your room listening to the lyrics and obviously relating to them. But with springtime music, it's really nice to just have on in the background and not really think about it. So I think Natasha Bedingfield, I'm sure she's obviously a very talented musician, but her music is not, you know, worth setting aside and really listening to the <laughs> lyrics, you know? She's good background music and, you know, everything... No offence, but you're not worth listening to. <laughs> yeah, I, I do apologise if her fans have left us now. Um, 
But yeah, I just think that there's something about her that is very, you know, good to listen to in the background. If you've got your friends over, you're um, having a barbecue, it's just a really nice vibe. I hate to use that term, but it is a nice vibe. And she has all the elements to a springtime song in the sense that I thought about what makes it springy. And um, I'm unsure if any of you guys have watched any of her music videos, but all of them feature a convertible, all of them feature windswept hair, girl's hair flying all over her face, but somehow perfectly not covering um, her mouth and like her not eating her hair. It's really, really um, tastefully done. And like that sepia Instagram <laughs> filter, you know, do you know the one I'm on about? Yeah. I feel as if those three elements just make a good springtime song and there's just something great about it. It sounds like a prototype Rebecca Black video. This is terrific. So to be clear, the three elements that make a good springtime song, none of them have anything to do with the music. <laughs> well, okay. So if I were to think about how the music relates to this, considering this is a music podcast, um, I think another thing about these songs is that they're really, really easy to sing along to in the car. So for example, you wouldn't be singing MCR songs in the car, would you? Like, that's just not what you do. I can't speak for everybody else, but not in my car. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Natasha Bedingfield, I feel as if this is a song that you could sing in the car with your friend when we are legally able to. So that's very springy, I think. Nice. Thank you, Isha. Next up, James. Like the others, I, I also struggle to kind of pin down what a spring song would be and think of a spring song. My my, funny enough, my first thoughts was John Mayer, and I was really surprised when Tom put that down. I I, I think it's because like, for me, spring kind of represents things coming into like action, things blossoming, and very like a light guitar tone, kind of like jangly sort of thing. Um, but then I didn't actually choose that for my final choice. Um, so in my head, um. Vivaldi Four Seasons came in my head. I was like, well, that's a bit too obvious um, because it's literally going through the four seasons. Um, but then I thought of an Eric Satay song. Um, I think it's probably the most famous one. Oh, Peace, sorry. Um, Jim No PD number one. I obviously butchered that. I think it's French. Um, I, I, I listened back through that and well, in my head, I was like, that is a spring song. I, I listened back through it and I was like, it could be a um, spring song, but it could also be an uh, like an autumn song. So I decided to like carry on listening to his music, and uh, Je Te Veux um, came on, uh, which is another piece of his. And I was like, yeah, this is. I think this is a spring song. I don't think it's an, like an obvious spring song. Like I said, I feel like spring is more like like guitar tones, um, like maybe acoustic things. But yeah, I really feel like I can listen to this piece in the spring and it does feel like things are flourishing in the music and and it's nice to have like a classical piece in this podcast which we haven't really talked about before i want you i love you i can't remember my french uh i think it means i want you or something like that i wonder who he's on about or what he's on about because when i'm thinking of the term i want you it's normally like when i'm looking at my ice cream and i'm like mm, i want you <laughs> But I assume it's dedicated to a person who he wants, rather than an item that he wants. Yeah, I imagine so. Maybe he wrote about that new M1 MacBook. <laughs> yeah. I think that might be, yeah, not of his time. Well, do you want to go next? Um, I've chosen a song by Phaser Days. Uh, the song is called Bedroom Talks, but I'll expand it to the whole album. The album's called Morningside. It came out in 2017. It's her only album as of now. Um, this is something we covered back on our radio show, Isha. I don't know if you remember back in our first year of university. Yep, I recall. Nice. I, I feel like bedroom pop, for me, fits really well with springtime because it, it does have that breezy sound to it. It is kind of generally quite upbeat, but it does have a, you know, often quite... Um, different undertones in some of the lyrics and stuff so it it has that kind of um duality to it that that the springtime i guess kind of has inherently um 
this record by Phaser Days, I think, is a lot better than a reasonable amount of other bedroom pop from artists like Daywave and Hazel English, who you might like. If you like those artists, you'll love this. Um, she infuses some kind of different sounds into it. So if if you know Telekinesis, there's some of his um, kind of punchy indie rock in there on tracks like Friends, which I think is really good as well. Um, and yeah, from his his kind of like 12 Desperate Straight Lines phase. Um, but also, in, in some places, she uses loops in interesting ways so the track friends is is basically built rather than as kind of this sequential thing it's built in loops so there's this bass line that just repeats over and over again through the whole track and then there's a shaker part that comes in at one section and then there's a guitar part and it layers up in a, a really interesting way that you don't hear an awful lot in rock music but in general uh to go <laughs> to go back to the springtime theme this track Bedroom Talks has like this big reverbed vocal line. It's very slow. It has um a drum machine drum beat underneath it that that's almost I mean it uses kind of sounds that you might hear in trap, but it's not kind of alluding to those things. It's just kind of a, a retro feel, I guess. And it all comes together to be this quite breezy thing. And across the album and on this track as well, there's always this kind of quiet anxiety throughout the lyrics which i really like and it it, it works really well for me because i i don't know for, for me springtime and springtime music is kind of throwing back to you know being a kid and it's the time where you start going out and playing with your friends outside and talking to new people and meeting new people and having those social interactions again that you might not have had through the winter because everyone's stuck inside and no one wants to go and play football or hang out at the park and whatever. And yeah, that it, it deals with all of those, okay, well, now I have to be a sociable human being again and I have to be a good friend and maybe I'm starting relationships, which is obviously statistically something that happens more in the springtime. So I think it hits on all of those notes and works really well. So yeah, check out Morningside. It's a great album. Sounds fun. To be fair, I feel as if, obviously, Phaser Days is an artist who has put herself out there and all of the music that she produces, obviously, is for the consumption of her fans and people like Will, um, who is a fan, sorry to clarify. But I don't know what it is, but something about her sound, it is very bedroom poppy, but it feels also very personal in the sense that I don't know what it is. She just sounds like she's making music for herself rather than making music for other people. Do you kind of know what I mean? Please, say yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I, I do find that she just seems like very normal. And yes, she is normal. Everyone is normal. But she's, I don't think she's ever going to be, for example, Taylor Swift. <laughs> Although I doubt she would ever want to be Taylor Swift. But, I don't know, she just seems like she's music, making music because it's fun, not because she wants to be a big, big superstar. Yeah, there's not much melodrama in it. It There is drama, but it, it's kind of realistic situations that people actually find themselves in, rather than, you know, oh, Gary dumped me and my world's ending now. Which, personally, I, I prefer the former. Right, our song for next week can be an ode to Gary. <laughs> Who is Gary? <laughs> who is Gary? This is the question. That's the whole arc of the album. You know, we're just trying to find out who Gary is. Who were you really, Gary? <laughs> Why did you make me feel these things? Oh, I thought you guys were talking about a colleague at work. I thought Gary was just a co-worker. No, Gary's no one. Don't worry. Thank you, James. All right, well, does this wrap up our springtime section? <laughs> It does. And next up, we have a new segment. And Jess, you're going to be leading this, so I'll leave it up to you. All right. So, yeah, this new segment, title to be decided. Suggestions so far are Jess, Jess's play. <laughs> For the listeners to clarify, it's meant to be an amalgamation of Jess and Let's Play. That's Jess and Let's Play. Poor Will. Will's idea. I'm dead inside. <laughs> yeah, so 
for this game, I basically just run some really famous lyrics through Google Translate. Um, so translate it out of English and into something else, and then back, maybe a few times. Um, and so you can kind of guess what it is. I mean, this is not supposed to be hard. Like, I think you'll get all of them pretty quickly, but it is. it made me laugh a lot. So Latin is definitely like the worst offender for this, probably because it hasn't been updated in hundreds of years. It's like when you're trying to load a Python package and it's like, hasn't been updated since 2010. Oh no. <laughs> Just like as an example to get you started, I um I ran through the title of the song, Smells Like Teen Spirit. <laughs> and this came out as a thick cloud of teen. <laughs> 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 That was literally my school days. The, the boys' gym locker. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's Lynx Africa. <laughs> yeah. Oh my lord. Alright, so, yeah, I don't think this is going to be hard, like I said, but it really did make me laugh. Alright, let's start with a classic from Latin, because uh, it really did bring the zingers. Today is the day, lamb. What is important for you to throw it up? Then I would, I do not know what is under thine, got to do what they saw. We believe others, feels the way you do. Oh, it's Wonderwall. It is Wonderwall. What? It's the, it's the last line, the way it feels the way you do. Yeah, what really got me is that on a lot of these, it would have like a four line verse or chorus, and three of them would be complete garbage, and then like one of the lines would come through perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> So that's one point to James. Right, James, you're winning. You're leading at the moment. Are we going to have a scoreboard one, for this? No, no, no. No, we are, because I got, I got the first point. One. <laughs> yeah, we are. Oh, I thought it was going to be more like us against the computer. All right, I'm coming to Mongolian next. You can spend the rest of your life dancing and drowning. Look at that girl. Look at that picture. Dancing queen. Dig up the dancing what? queen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whoa. Nice. That took a sinister turn. How did she get that from the rest of it? I'm impressed, really. Because she was drowning. That's not. That's not <laughs> the one bit that's completely different. <laughs> what version have you been listening to? I don't know. It sounded familiar. All right. Um, moving on now to traditional Chinese and a song that reminds me of my sixth form days. Because I'm just a teenage homespun baby. Teenage dirtbag. Dirt dirt bag. Listen to Iron Lady's Baby with me. <laughs> Listen to Margaret Thatcher's speeches. <laughs> what was the first line again? I'm just a teenage... A teenage homespun baby. <laughs> you can make that into a Pixar movie. <laughs> homespun baby. <laughs> All right, this one, this one goes out to Will. You need to get this one well. Oh dear. Alas, as it was to meet you. Semicolon. This is this is crazy. <laughs> but this number. And so let me know, maybe the Carly Ray Jepsen. Call me maybe. And so let me know, maybe the great words never spoken again. <laughs> yeah, James, you're right. I like how Will's just silent still. <laughs> well yeah, you got it. <laughs> what do you want me to say? I feel as if James guessed Carly Jepsen before um, you even started the translation because you said Will should get this and we all know that Will is a big fan. Yeah, I literally was about to say that song, but I thought I should give Jess the chance to say it first. This is Latin again. Latin is a classic. The work that they must do to live the way of the nine to five. <laughs> Scarcely had the most, just the. And to give it, he took all of the. It is not merely that the view to use it and you my faith by not to faint. It will drive you crazy if there's enough to it. Nine to five? Yeah. <laughs> I feel as if even when the um, translations are being read out, regardless of how much you try not to read it out a certain way, I think definitely the way that you read it out does help. It's true. But just enjoy the ride. Okay. <laughs> You know it's going to be good when Jess can't even keep it together <laughs> reading through it. If you cause it to ring, if then time present I loved this ring. When you refuse to see the lapsed time, if then time present I loved this ring. Is it Fever La Vida? No. Well, this is the first one to have stumped people. I love it this It sounds ring. really deep. 
<laughs> it's not deep. It sounds like I'll tell nonsense. You that when do bells ring? What's a repeated word in that? Time? Can't even remember. Ring? It's not single ladies, is it? It's single <laughs> ladies. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of bell ringing. I love this game. But it's marriage rings. <laughs> All right, I'll do one more and I'll save my others for like next time. Again, I feel like you'll get this in the first line, but just hold it together. The glory of an American to be foolish. Why shouldest? I do not want the media to anew. And can you hear the sound of hysteria? <laughs> yeah. Subliminal, mental, and oral <laughs> Americans. American idiot. Did you say oral Americans? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just, again, that's an example of where, like, one of the lines is just perfectly the same. But yeah, I'll save the others for next time. So that was a uh, translation station or whatever. Translation <gasps> station. Know. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I'm looking forward to, to doing more <laughs> weird games in the future. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, Tom's going to be reviewing the new Gay EP. And we're going to run you through the best new releases coming out this week, so stay tuned. Also, before we go to the review, there is something else I wanted to bring up this week, and I know we're a music show, but originally we set out and we said we'd do other stuff also. Um, has anyone watched Invincible on Amazon Prime? Nope. It's an animated show. It's based on the comic book of the same name that's made by the same guy who made The Walking Dead. So, it, uh, yeah, they've done an animated Amazon Prime series. The first three episodes are out now, and it's fantastic. You all have to watch it. What's it about? Yeah, so it, it's about, like, a school kid whose dad is basically Superman and he's getting powers and I don't want to spoil anything, but it has some subversions of the genre that you will probably enjoy quite a lot within the first episode. Always sounds fun. Have you watched The Boys? I have. Is that any good? I've heard good things about it. The Boys is also very good, yeah. Okay, cool. I should uh, do it all in one go, probably. Carl Urban's just great. I love him. <laughs> right, let's get back to some music. Tom, tell us about Dilate Your Heart. Well, I think we briefly mentioned last week that um, Jag Jaguar is celebrating its 25th anniversary. Um, and if we haven't, Jag Jaguar is celebrating its 25th anniversary this year. Um, they have released a whole series of albums. I think it's a four-part project they're doing uh, to celebrate that this year. Four different releases, the first of which is Dilate Your Heart by Ross Gay, the American poet and uh, essayist. I say it's by him. As far as I can tell, he's provided the words as he has in, um, as a poet. But then there are also um, collaborations with various artists for each of the five tracks. Five track EP running about, uh, I think it was about 20 minutes, 35 minutes, something like that. Uh, uh, 30 minutes or 35 minutes, excuse me. But some... Um, it, it is the best album that I never knew I needed to hear. It is exactly what I didn't think I wanted to hear. And it's absolutely spectacular. Um, it, it's also very odd because normally when you talk about music, and I think we've done this a lot uh, as we've gone through this podcast, you'll describe instrumentation, you'll describe uh, lyricism, you'll describe um, singing style and approach, and you'll discuss... Uh, well, we don't really discuss rhythm and meter because we're not that precise, but maybe one day we will. Um, but here, you've essentially just got poetry over these soundscapes. It's very, very different. I never knew I needed to hear it, and I feel so happy that I have since. Um the, the the track list with Dilate Your Heart is something to behold. The the the, the first track, Catalogue of Unabashed Gratitude, this was released as a, as a single. I listened to this briefly before listening to the whole album uh, yesterday. And it, again, it's something that I never thought I needed to hear, but I am so happy that I've now heard it. Because it was literally this story 
of uh, a bird flying in, flapping its wings and saying, go out and tell the world how grateful you are about the things you have in your life. And then um, Gay rattles off this huge list of things that he's really grateful about. Um, track two was called Burial. Uh, Burial. That was by, that was with uh, Mary Lattimore. That was about planting a plum tree and trying to um, uh, trying to embody his father's legacy by feeding the plum tree with the ashes of his father. To the fig tree on Ninth and Christian, Christian was about this 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 fig tree which grew in a place that it shouldn't have been able to grow in the middle of a city, and everyone was going bananas about it because fig fruit was coming coming off of it. Uh, track four poem uh, poem to my child if you ever shall be you know it has this wonderful joyous childlike quality about it i think ross gay has turned 46 years old i haven't seen as much optimism in most six-year-olds i know it's exactly what i needed to hear after a year of lockdown it's exactly what i needed to hear as a 20-something who is also very scared about life and the universe and everything, it feels like... I don't know. It feels like church for an atheist. It's exactly the medicine you didn't know you needed. And it's a terrific album. I don't want to spoil it beyond what I've said so far uh, because I really think that people do need to go out and listen to this at least once. It's not something that is going to be on repeat every day. You know, it's it's spoken word. It's someone very enthusiastically saying some words at you, but it's not overblown. It's not melodramatic. It's just heartfelt and honest, and it is so so sweet. And I'm sure I'm going to be listening to this for a long time. I was really really surprised by this in a way that I didn't expect. I saw it. Um, I think it was briefly introduced to us last week, Will, as a, just a spoken word album, and I thought, yeah, let's do it. It reminded me a lot of um, uh, Everybody's Free to Wear Sunscreen, which was a track uh, Baz Luhrmann did back in 1999. I think it was for um, his adaptation of Romeo and Juliet. I think the two happened sort of around the same time. He did that with uh, Josh Abrahams and Nettie Nettie Hooper. That's another track which I found like five years ago when I was at uni. That's been, you know... uh, it's something that I've constantly revisited like every six months and I've gone back and refreshed myself because that's essentially just a, a monologue to a fictitious uh, uh, high school class who is graduating. And yeah, sp- spoken words, I don't know what it is. It occupies this really, really special place, this really unique space. I don't listen to it every day, and I don't want to listen to it every day. But when I do, it feels so wholesome, and it feels so good, and it feels so right. Um, And this is just another good addition to it. Instead of now five minutes of everybody's free-to-wear sunscreen, I've now got another 30 minutes to listen to. It is absolutely spectacular. I really 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 think and recommend no matter who you are you should give it at least one listen you might never listen to it again doesn't matter you'll you'll get enough from it give it some time the first track is 40 minutes long it's enormous just ride it just ride it and see how it goes it is a brilliant little album which i never expected to even care about that much but it is terrific Dilate Your Heart uh, by Ross Gay. Great, great album. That's really good to hear. I didn't get time to get to it because there was just so much coming out this week, like that Floating Points album that we talked about last week that, to be honest, I was a bit disappointed by, but that's a whole other thing. But yeah, I really enjoyed the single off of this when it first came out. So yeah, now, now that you've given it such a glowing review, I'll definitely get back to it this week and see what I think. Because yeah, like you, I don't listen to a ton of spoken word. But when I do find a piece of spoken word music that speaks to me, it speaks to me like really, really deeply. So if this is one of those, yeah, I'm. I really all in. think so. There was something about the tone as well. It it was, it felt like a sermon, but it wasn't preachy. It felt you know holy, but it wasn't. You know, it, it it had this wonderful reverent tone to it, but it never mentions God. It never says you know thank you Jesus or anything like this. It's just so honest and so sincere and it feels human 
you know, I really, really connected with it in a way that I didn't expect. I had no expectations coming into it to this. I didn't know who Ross Gay was. I had no idea. I didn't know what was going on, but I was blown away. So yeah, I I would thoroughly recommend it. Give it a go just once. Well, yeah, you really sold that, Tom. So I'm definitely going to listen to it. I'm looking at the EP. I guess you could call it album art, and it's just the lyrics to one of the. I tracks think so. Yeah, the tracks. I, I don't think know. I think that's what it is. I couldn't quite tell. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'll give that a listen. Right, let's have a look forward to what's coming out this week. Uh, Not quite as much as last week, but the quality is pretty high, I think. Uh, First up, like I mentioned earlier, we've got Dry Cleaning's debut album. It's called New Long Leg. Uh, It was originally supposed to come out last year, but because of COVID, they pushed it back so that they could tour properly for the record. Um, They do kind of spoken word stuff, but it's not the kind of you know ambient backdrop or or light backdrop that you might expect it it's pretty tough post punky backings with these quite interesting lyrics that um i think on one of their earlier songs was just stuff pulled from youtube comments but it, it works in this really kind of surreal way um so i definitely recommend checking that out next up the natural which is spelt with a v instead of the u it's the new project from the former frontman of The Pains of Being Pure at Heart, which you might know as were a big popular band in the noughties. Uh, his debut album under this name is called Tethers. It comes out this week. I've listened to some of the tracks. It sounds like The Pains of Being Pure at Heart's later stuff, which I think by that point he was doing that as a solo artist anyway. But... More Pains of Being Pure at Heart is a positive thing, I think. Um, So I'm looking forward to that. And finally, we've got a B-Sides and Remixes collection from The Drums. It has possibly the worst name of any album I've ever heard. It's called... What is it? (laughs) Mommy Don't Spank Me. I hate it so much. So they've released quite a few singles from it already, In terms of the B-sides, it's pretty much what you'd expect from a band that's been pretty consistent throughout their whole career, but also reasonably good, where it's a bunch of slightly not as good songs as the stuff that's been on their albums. So it's not revolutionary, or them going in wild different directions. But if you really like the drums, you'll like those. The remixes, I think some of them are quite a bit more interesting but obviously they're going to be remixes of rock songs which are always a bit hit and miss i find so it's maybe one to check out some of the songs from but probably not one to listen to all the way through so that's the end of our show we've reached it um we're recording late in the evening today um and it's been i feel like the energy's just been different it has been maybe a bit more lewd in general although that might be isha's influence on us you're the one who's introduced an album coming up next week called mummy don't spank me so how am i the one who's the naughty influence he wasn't the one who made it though unless 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 of course will is a secret member of the drums maybe this is like you know the whole arc this is where it begins so thank you for listening um this is our sixth episode if you want to keep up to date with us, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Unmuted Weekly, or you can just search for Unmuted Unmastered, and we should be there. The, our profile picture is the same as our art on podcast services, so you'll see it. Subscribe to us on your podcast service. That would really help us. Listen to our old episodes again if you want. We don't mind. Just keep listening over and over again. <laughs> Please listen. When you're going to bed, put one on. It's lovely and soothing until I start talking loudly at the end of the episode. The algorithms love all that, so you know, do it as much as you like. It's great. Put your phone on mute and just listen to the podcast. Give us the listens. That's what we need. And then we'll eventually get that pumpkin sponsorship that we've been yes. looking for. Exactly. And you guys can become Pumpkin Presents, Unmuted, Unmastered, and you guys can be the Call the Poo podcast, and that's great. <laughs> And then we can change our Twitter handle to poop for PU podcast. <laughs> okay.
Can I just say, I think Jess is the cutest thing that I've seen today, just because Thanks, her Isha. headphones... Sorry, Will. You know I love you, so it's fine. But it's just the fact that Jess has her little headphones and they're such like flat headphones. It's kind of like they're like A-cup headphones, you know? Like it's not like a yeah, big no, headphone, mean. it's like a small headphone. So it looks like she's wearing like earmuffs for the winter and I just think that's such a cute look. <laughs> Do you not think she looks like she's wearing earmuffs? I guess so. Well, that's what you look like, Jess. It doesn't look like you're wearing headphones, it just looks like... You're out on a snow day, but also you're wearing a Hawaii shirt. <laughs> so, bit of a weird outfit combo, but... Thanks, Nisha. A-cup headphones? Did, is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, A-cup like... As in like, the... like, bra size, as in your headphones aren't massive like Will's. <laughs> oh, you do mean that. They're flat. Like Will's headphones or Will's bra size? <laughs> no, they're, they're flat. <laughs> Jess's headphones are flat. What's happened while I've been gone? <laughs> The podcast is called Unmuted Unmastered, so I should have the right to say what I want without Will's dictatorship in play because, you know, you can't mute me. Well, actually, Will is the host, so he can mute me. <laughs> Will is the host, so he can mute me, actually. 